through transitions in our lives. The America that we once knew is not the America that we see today. Governments are changing not only in America, but around the known world. And with this, we must remember that the government that we're currently under is not the government that we will live in for throughout all eternity. Our Father sits upon the throne. Everything that we see coming to pass, we are not to fear. Why? Because this is part of his orchestration. He spoke through the prophets and the apostles of old that this all would take place. So as we look at our government, seeing it diminish, and there are cries going out through the whole world, we need a leader, a single individual to lead this world. The world, even those in the secular world, are crying out for a leader. But those of us who have already have our passports, and I'm not speaking about passports to go from one country to another, but you and I have received a passport, which is something that no one can take away from us. And what is that passport? The Word of God. The Word of God has been written upon our hearts and minds. And it's amazing. If we forget whatever is written in our passport, we have whom but the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, to bring everything back to our memory. But how are we to understand the times that we're now living? By listening to God's word through the holy prophets and the apostles of old. There are new prophets and there are new apostles, men who claim to be that today, but they're leading many astray. Why? Because they want you to look to them. They truly believe this, that they are the new prophets and apostles to rewrite God's word. God's word has been sealed. By the foundation of the prophets of the Tanakh and the apostles of the Brit Hadishah. And so now when we hear the governments and the leaders of these governments changing things, look up towards the skies. For the leader of our government shall soon return. That being Yeshua himself. He's coming back for a bride, both Jew and Gentile, without spot or wrinkle. He's coming back. Are we prepared? Are we being allowing ourselves to be dismayed by the things and the schemes of the evil one? Or our hearts at rest and at peace, knowing that our Father sits upon the throne in heaven and on the throne in our hearts. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So, Father God, as we turn to your word today, may it go forth and do what you desire to fully equip and empower, to instruct and to enlighten us of what your plans are, because you have not hid your plans from your people both Jews and Gentiles, one of Messiah, who've given their lives to Messiah and recognize that he died, he rose again from the grave, and he's coming back for us. 
Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. So turn with me now to the book of Acts, chapter 24. We're continuing in this series. Yeshua's, Acts of Yeshua's emissaries, the Shalakim, the called out ones. Chapter 24, and today we'll continue in verse 14. That's Acts chapter 24, beginning at verse 14. As you're turning there, I'll give you a little background. What's happening here? It was prior at Shavuot where Rav Shaul was arrested. He was falsely accused. And to save his life, the commander of the Romans had taken him up to Caesarea. And now he's standing in the court before Felix, who's the procurator and the governor of that location. So now let us begin in verse 14. Rav Shaul speaking. But this I do admit to you. I worship the God of our fathers in accordance with the way, which they call the sect, S-E-C-T. I continue to believe everything that accords with the Torah and everything written in the prophets. And I continue to have hope in the God which they to accept that there will be a resurrection of both the righteous and the unrighteous. Indeed, it is because of this that I make my point always having a clear conscience in the sight of both God and man. See, that's not only his testimony, but that should be the testimony of all believers. Going forward here, as we dig deeper. Now let us turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Last Shabbat, I read the whole chapter. But today we're going to go in the latter portions. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we'll be beginning here in verse number 50. Speaking about the resurrection. See, this wasn't something that just simply popped into Rav Shaul's mind. But scripture has historical record of this being speak, spoken, even from the prophets of old. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and beginning at verse 50. Rav Shaul was speaking here in a letter to the Corinthians. Let me say this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot share in the kingdom of God. Nor can some, something that decays share in what does not decay. Look, I will tell you a secret. In some translations it says, I want to now inform you about what? A mystery. Going forward here. Not all of us will die. But we will be changed. It will take but a moment, the blink of an eye, at the final shofar, trumpet in some translations, for the shofar will sound and the dead will be raised to live forever. And we too will be changed. Who's the we here that you're speaking of? Those who are alive at that moment. For this material which can decay must be clothed with imperishability. This 
which is mortal must be clothed with immortality. When what decays puts on imperishability and what is mortal puts on immortality, then this passage in the Tanakh will be fulfilled. Notice he's not quoting Matthew through Revelation here. He's quoting the Tanakh, the Old Testament. Death is swallowed up in victory. Where is that from? But Isaiah 25, 8. Death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? Where is that from? But from Hosea 13, 14. The sting of death is sin and draws its power from the Torah. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Yeshua the Messiah. So, my brothers, stand firm and immovable, always doing the Lord's work as vigorously as you can, knowing that united with the Lord, your efforts are not in vain. To live as Messiah, to die as Messiah, and we're not to be discouraged that everything that we do for the Lord and the building and the equipping and the strengthening of our brothers and sisters is not in vain. So was this the only time that Rav Shaul was inspired by the Ruach to speak about the resurrection of the dead? No. Now let us turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning at verse 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and beginning at verse 13. Who is the author to the book of both 1st and 2nd Thessalonians? But Rav Shaul, the Apostle Paul himself. 1st Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning at verse 13. Now, brothers, we want you to know the truth about those who have died. Otherwise, you might become sad the way other people do, who have nothing to hope for. For since we believe that Yeshua died and rose again, we also believe that in the same way, God through Yeshua will take with him those who have died. When we say this, we base it on the Lord's own words. We who remain alive when the Lord comes will certainly not take precedence over those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a rousing cry and with a call from the one of the ruling angels, and with God's shofar, in some translations, the trumpet, those who died united with Messiah will be first to rise. Then those who are left still alive will be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we will always be with the Lord. So encourage one another with these words. See, death for a believer is not the end. And can't you picture in your mind that moment when that actually happens sometime in the near future? That those people who've been sleeping their bodies, and I have to interject this at this point, as soon as a believer dies, their spirit and their soul go immediately to be with the Lord. But their body remains how many of us have buried friends and loved ones? How many of us have been there in the room, 
speaking to that loved one as their life was ebbing out. And we were able to look them directly in the eye and say this, I will see you very soon. Because our hope is in the resurrection of those who are righteous unto God. And as they began to close their eyes, they did not have the ability because the Lord took their spirit, took their soul, and their eyes were not closed. And you simply reached over there and drew down their eyelids. And there was just a shell of their former self is now lying there. For a believer, that's a time of grieve, grieving and joy, knowing that that individual is now in the presence of the Lord. So think of this at that very moment when the Lord returns and he raises up these righteous ones from the grave. And the trumpet and the voice of the angel is proclaimed. And that's not here on earth, but that's in the heavenlies. See, our Father who sits upon the throne in the heavens, when he gives a spoken word, when he gives a command for an angel to do something, they are to do it. And in that moment there, can you imagine those believers from this day backward who've put their trust and faith in Messiah? Instantaneously, their bodies will come out of that grave. And just think about those who have been buried at the sea. The chemistry of their body, which has been spread out throughout the oceans and the seas, will instantaneously come together and they will rise triumphantly and that body will go up. And as it goes up, that soul and spirit that the Lord has brought back with him will enter that body, a glorified body. Now, does that scripture make more sense? Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, grave, where is this portion? But just what we just read here out of the book of 1 Corinthians that was quoted from both Isaiah and also through Hosea. Now let us go forward here. Now Yeshua teaches on the resurrection of both the righteous and the unrighteous. But where is that found? Let's look now into the Gospel of John, chapter 5, and beginning at verse 28. The Gospel of John. See, this is not a new teaching. This is the one that the Lord himself spoke on. We're in John chapter. It's tough when you have so many notes. Praise be to God. John chapter 5, verse 28. And this is Yeshua speaking here. Let's go up to 26. For just as the Father has life in himself, so he has given the Son life to have in himself. Also, he has given authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Don't be surprised at this because the time is coming when all who are in the grave will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life 
and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Can we not trust Yeshua in his words of being yes and amen and being true? Absolutely. So here, now let us turn to where in the Tanakh it speaks of this. Let's now turn to Daniel chapter 12 and verse 2. Daniel chapter 12 and verse 2. See, we're to be students of God's word, knowing, discerning, and being able to apply his word. We're to be both teachable and we are to be encouraging. These are the words that give us strength and life and hope that all that the Lord has said shall be accomplished. Daniel chapter 12 and verse number 2. Many of those sleeping in the dust of the earth. I'm going to back up here a little bit. Verse 1. When the times comes from Michael, which is Michael in most translation, the great prince who champions your people, whose people? Israel. He will stand up and there will be a time of distress unparalleled between the time they became a nation and at that moment became a nation when? I believe from 1948 and on. It's speaking clearly about that unparalleled time. At that time, your people will be delivered, everyone whose name is found written in the book. Many of those sleeping in the dust of the earth will awaken some to everlasting life and some to everlasting shame or abhorrence. This dual resurrection here underlines the passages speaking of the future judgments, which are also included in Matthew chapter 25. Let us now turn to Matthew chapter 25. And it's not a king or a prime minister, a Supreme Court justice, or a local judge that will be doing the judging here. It will be Messiah himself. Matthew 25 and verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and is accompanied by all the angels, he will sit on his glorious throne. And all the nations will be assembled before him. And he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separate sheep and goats. The sheep he will place at his right hand and the goats to his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you whom my father has blessed. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you from the founding of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you made me your guest. I needed clothes and you provided them. I was sick and you took care of me. I was put in, pres in prison and you visited me. Then the people who have done what God wants will reply, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did you see 
When did we see you a stranger and make you our guest? Or needing clothes and provide them? When did we see you in sick? You were sick and in prison and visit you. And the king will say to them, yes, I tell you that whenever you did the least of these things, for one of the least important of these my brothers of mine, and who's he speaking about there, his brothers? But his own people, the Jewish people. You did it for me. Then he will speak to those on his left saying, get away from me. You who are cursed, go off into the fire prepared for the adversary and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food, thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink, a stranger and you did not welcome me, needing clothes and you did not give, me, give them to me, sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they too will reply, Lord, when did we see you hungry and thirsty, a stranger needing clothes, sick or in prison, and not take care of you? And when he will answer them, and he will answer them, yes, I tell you that whatever you refuse to do it for the least important of these people, who's he speaking of the people but his own people, you refuse to do it for me. They will go off to eternal punishment, but those who have done what God wants will go on to eternal life. Going forward here now to the Gospel of John, chapter 12 and verse 48. John, chapter 12 and verse 48. I'll back up to 44. Yeshua declared publicly, those who put their trust in me are trusting not merely in me, but the one who has sent me. Also those who see me, see the one who sent me. I have come as a light into the world, so that everyone who trusts in me might not remain in darkness. If anyone hears what I am saying and does not observe it, I don't judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. But those who reject me and don't accept what I say have a judge. The word which I've spoken will judge them on that last day. Now going forward to Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14. And verse 10, I'll begin in verse 9. Indeed, it was said for this reason that Messiah died and came back to life, so that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. Then you, why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or why do you look down on your brother? For all of us will stand before God's judgment seat. Since it is written in the Tanakh, as I live, says Adonai, every knee will bend before me and every tongue will publicly acknowledge God. Where's that from? But Isaiah 45, 23. Now moving on to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 
and verse 10. And we'll end today on Revelation chapter 20. I'll back up to verse 9. Therefore, whether at home or away from home, we must try our utmost to please him. Who's this speaking of in that contest? But the Lord. For we must all be, appear before Messiah's court of judgment, where everyone will receive the good or the bad consequences of what he did while he was in the body. Now turning to the book of Revelation, chapter 20. And beginning at verse number 6, Revelation 20 and verse 6. We'll back up to verse 4. Then I saw thrones, and those seated on them received authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for testifying about Yeshua and proclaiming the word of God, and also those who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark on their foreheads and on their hands. They came to life and ruled with Messiah for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were over. Recognize that. That's speaking of everyone who has died from the time of Adam and Eve, who did not believe in the promise seed of Abraham yet to be born up till today, and they did not receive Messiah. Going forward here, verse 5, the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were over. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is anyone who has part in the first resurrection. So just pausing right here, was that speaking of? That when the Lord comes back and he appears in the clouds, he will raise all those who have died a righteous life from the time of Adam and Eve all the way up to that present day. And they've put their trust you know, it's amazing. It speaks to when, when uh, Yeshua went down to Sheol, to Abraham's bosom, he preached and he revealed himself as the Messiah. And it says that he took with him a great company of those. And they've been, their, their spirit and their soul has ever been in presence with the Lord. And so think about those Tanakh believers, both Jews and Gentiles. They're part of that first resurrection. Now going forward here, this is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is anyone who has part in this first resurrection. Over him the second death has no power. On the contrary, they will be what? Koinim, in most Bibles it says priests of God and of Messiah, and they will rule with him for what length of time? Before a thousand years. Now going forward here, 
Now skipping over to verse number 11 through 15 that we'll end on today. Next, I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on him, sitting on it, earth and heaven fled from his presence and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, both great and small, standing in the front of the throne. And books were opened. And another book was opened, the book of life. And the dead were judged from what is written in the books according to what they have done. And the sea gave up the dead in it, and death and Sheol gave up the dead in them. And they were judged, each according to what he had done. Then death in Sheol was hurled into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was also hurled into the lake of fire. So what should we be doing this day? but proclaiming the good news, encouraging others to come to that decision in their life, asking them this question. Did Yeshua truly raise from the dead? Have they accepted him and his righteousness dying upon the tree for them? And they're to come to the crossroads of the decision in their lives. They will either choose God the Father's love and mercy and grace through Yeshua, or they will choose their own way that leads to destruction. We are, we are lights to all the nations. And we are to proclaim the good news until he comes. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Baruch Hashem Adonai. Blessed be his holy name. Shabbat Shalom and thank you everyone.